Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shabbat 
לחיית רמים, כי בישר אשר דיבר לעם סגולתו, שם עולה קצת שבבו ויצאתו, שבת קודש, יום מחמדתו, כי בו שבת אין מכל מלאכתו, ומצוות שבת אל יחליצה. Thank <laughs> you. Shopping in the store Buying things for Shabbos More and more One bought the challah And headed to the door Nine little mitzvah boys Shopping in the store There were nine little mitzvah boys Shopping in the store Buying things for Shabbos More and more One bought wine And headed to the door Eight little mitzvah boys Shopping in the store Shabbos more and more One bought fish and headed to the door 
Seven little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Seven little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Buying things for Shabbos more and more. One box sholent and headed to the door. Six little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. boys shopping in the store there were buying things for Shabbos more and more one bought Kishka and headed to the door five little mitzvah boys shopping in the store five little mitzvah boys shopping in the store buying things for Shabbos more and more one bought Kugel and headed to the store Four little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Four little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Buying things for Shabbos more and more. One bought cake and headed to the door. Three little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Three little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Buying things for Shabbos more and more. One bought salad and headed to the door. Two little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Two little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. Buying things for Shabbos more and more. One bought herring and headed to the door. One little mitzvah boy shopping in a store. One little mitzvah boy shopping in a store. Buying things for Shabbos more and more. One bought flowers and headed to the door. There were no little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. There were no little mitzvah boys shopping in the store. So they closed for Shabbos and shut the door. Up the grocer went smiling happily, thinking challah, wine, fish, shulant, kishka, cake, salad, Good job is to you and everyone.
JM in the AM. Shlomo Simcha with Peiro. That's the name of that one here on a uh, Friday morning era of Shabbos at JM in the AM. Israel Werdiger before that. Um, Israel Werdiger before that with uh, Yomze. Uh, what else do we have here? We did the Kayal selection off of the Vizosa Torah album. Aisha's Chayel done by the Yeshiva Boys. Uncle Maishi's Shopping for Shabbos. Menucha Vesimcha from Yitzchak Fuchs. And of course, Regesh. Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a uh, Friday on this 26th day of January. Day number 16 in the month of Shvat. The year is 5784. Tavshin Pei it's Erev Shabbos, uh, Parshas B'Shalach, Erev Shabbos Shira, candle lighting in New York, 445. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 445 here in New York. I want to thank those who've been uh, following up regarding our Tu B'Shvat special yesterday. It certainly was a good one, as many people have pointed out. And we learned a lot from Rabbi Benji Kramer, and I thank him. Those of you who are wondering whether I did, in fact, have some buckser yesterday, the answer is yes. I actually brought the leftover buckser. Here it is in this plastic bag. <laughs> I brought the leftover buckser to the studio this morning. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> I would assume that now that the 15th day of Shvat has passed, I'm assuming no one's going to eat it. But I just felt the need to... Um, commemorate the day by uh, <laughs> by not only eating buxer on Tu B'Shvat, but schlepping the leftover buxer with me to the studio this morning. By the way, Gorf has a, a Jewish cartoon, which I assume you can get at jewishcartoon.com, or you can just search for it, about buxer, and he dedicated it to the memory of Mayor Weingarten, who, of course, was uh, one of the world's most notorious anti-Buxerites. <laughs> so he uh, he acknowledged that by uh, dedicating a, a Buxer cartoon, a typical cartoon, you know, about the uh, the taste of Buxer and how hard the Buxer is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not saying that there's no originality there. You know, Gorf, he's always original and has some cool stuff. But, you know, along the theme of the way people normally trash on Buxer. Um, anyway, so he dedicated that, uh, cartoon strip to, uh, the memory of, uh, dear mayor, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. No weekly update this week. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is traveling. So there is uh, no weekly update this week. Uh, nonetheless, we have an amazing Friday program as you would suspect. Uh, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin will discuss Parshas B'Shalach, Shabbat Shira. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is going to check in with us from Israel. He always has some uh, incredible thoughts and observations about the times that we're in. We'll speak with him coming up. And um, we'll wrap up the uh, JMM week at 9 a.m. and get our weekend programming started. Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbat show. Starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time with Mark Zamek. Thank you to our friends at Kedem. And um, 
and we just have a uh, a wonderful weekend lineup, as you are familiar with here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, the news from Israel is that the Biden administration is working on a new hostage deal. What that means, will it have positive results? What type of uh, concessions does Israel have to make? Who knows? The ICJ ruling is expected today, International Court of Justice. That should be interesting. That's something we're going to discuss with Ari Brzezanski. His uh, experience as a lawyer, I think, will certainly come in handy when it comes to analysis of that situation. And we'll talk more about what's happening in the Holy Land. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. More coming up. It is a Friday morning era of Shabbos. You're listening to JM in the AM. Pharaoh, listen to me. The Egyptian world, it's a mess. Life in the desert is better than anything you've got here. You see, we don't want to be here. There's so much that we can take. Our people have been mistreated, and that was a big mistake. The world that you see around you, soon it will be no more. So now I have come to warn you, we want to go out the door. Into the sea, into the sea. Go through the sand and into the land of milk and honey. In Egypt they work us night and day So in their land we cannot stay We're letting you know our people must go now into the sea <laughs> Joseph came on down to Egypt That is because he was sold He saved all Egyptian people Because of dreams he foretold But now you forgot our people Who saved you from famine's fate Guess you just did not remember Who put food right on your plate Into the sea Into the sea Though you may beat us You cannot defeat us Take it from me Our sons you threw into a brook Once past the sea we off the hook You take the Saurus We'll do it the Horus Into the sea Into the sea Life will be sweet here, we will be free here from slavery. Say no to pyramids today. Let's go to the desert and let's pray. We'll break your spirit, you've got to fear it into the sea. The blood will be red, the fish will be dead, the frogs will be hopping all over your bed. The lice and then beasts of pestilent feet. Let our people go. Hurt your skin, the hail won't be thin. The locusts eat crops, the darkness is in. Your firstborn will die, and Pharaoh, you'll cry. Let our people go! Tribe, a path will divide 
His first time ever there Strapped into his knapsack With his long and curly hair He stood there for a while Then broke out with a smile Motion overwhelming joy with tears The men were dancing there The heart so full of love They sang such happy tunes To thank the one above For showing them the way For giving them a day To rest, rejoice with peace of mind To pray Shabbos came along, his feelings grew so strong, he first began to feel that he belonged. Let's sing in 
JM in the AM. Mordechai Ben David. Hooked on Zmiros. MBD with just one Shabbos by request before that. Ashira, Yerachmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir by request before that. And Schlock Rocks Into the Sea. How could we possibly be broadcasting on an Erev Shabbos Shira and not play Into the Sea by Schlock Rock? JM and the AM, good morning. Welcome to a Friday on this January the 26th, day number 16 in the month of Shvat. As I said earlier, we do have the leftover Buxer in our studio this morning here at JM and the AM. It's here. Yeah, we could probably save it till next year. Won't taste much different, right? <laughs> I don't think we'll try that, but uh, it's certainly an interesting proposal that I can tell you. If you haven't yet given to our 40th anniversary campaign, please consider doing so. The campaign, believe it or not, is finally going to come to an end uh, two weeks from today on Friday Rosh Chodesh. And uh, we are hoping to uh, achieve as much of our goal as possible. If you have not yet been a donor to our uh, 40th anniversary campaign to support the work of JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network, please do so by going to fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. And, of course, we thank you, and we thank all those who have been so generous for 40 years, keeping us going year after year after year here at the... Uh, at the radio program of record, as they say, of the Jewish world, which is pretty amazing. I don't remember who first coined that, but it was uh, one of the greatest compliments we've ever gotten. Uh, I think it was one of the Jewish music artists, actually, who said it. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bishalach, Erev Shabbos Shira, JM in the AM with a candle lighting time in New York of 4.45. That's 4.45. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 4.45 officially in New York. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is not going to be able to join us today. He's actually traveling, so he will not be able to, um, to join us for the weekly update. Plenty more, however, coming up here at JMNAM, including Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin when it comes to Parshas Bishalach and Shabbos Shira. Um, Rabbi Stephen Przansky, we're going to be speaking with him uh, from Israel, meaning he's, I believe he's in Israel. He'll be checking in with us later on in the 7 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. So I'll have the opportunity to get his perspective on what's happening in Israel. And uh, then our weekend programming begins at 9 a.m. Eastern time, including the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. That's going to be happening starting at the 9 a.m. Eastern time. And... Um, It'll be followed by the all-day Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by Kedem, the final hour brought to you by Kedem tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler starting at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Sunday, it's Matis and JM Sunday. I'm going to join Matis, please God, on Sunday. Talk about the fundraiser a bit. Um, Matis is on starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time, Sunday morning right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Take a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. 
And, um, and I remind you that as the four NFL final teams get ready to battle it out on Sunday, we're just a couple of weeks away from Super Bowl Sunday. Make sure this Sunday, and of course, on Super Bowl Sunday, the, um, the friends and family that you're inviting over, make sure they have plenty of knockwurst, plenty of hot dogs, plenty of salami. A&H can make, can make sure that, uh, that you have what you need in order to feed everybody and have them experience a wonderful time, whether it be this Sunday or a couple of weeks from now on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So try A&H today. As we said, you'll be glad you did. JM in the AM with uh, both Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin coming up with Parshas Bishalach. Don't forget our community calendar. It's got a couple of events up there that you'll find fascinating. Go to nachomsigl.com slash community dash calendar. <coughs> and if you have a community calendar event, just toss it into the uh, email to Avrami, af at nachomsigl.com. Again, that's af at nachomsigl.com. Com. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. שבעשרה שיהיו כאן, אז הערכה בישראל היא שיצא צו כלשהו, גם אם לא צו שככל הנראה זה לא יהיה צו שמורה על עצירת הלחימה, זה התרחיש כמובן הקיצוני ביותר, הגרוע ביותר. So it sounds like they're about to have a decision in the ICJ case, that's what it sounds like, based on the top of the hour in Israel, they're not going to the regular newscast. All right, we'll keep a close eye on this, and by the time Ari Brzezinski joins us from Israel, which is under an hour from now, hopefully we will have some type of uh, decision that we'll be able to discuss on the air here. At the JM in the AM. Boy, interesting. More coming up. It's hour number two of JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Yaakov Shweki Kamu Vaneha is the name of that one. Uh, before that, the uh, medley off of the Encore album, Shabbos Medley, here at J.M. in the A.M. It's a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Shira. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bishalach, candlelighting in New York at 445. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Malcolm Honeline not able to join us this week, so there's no weekly update this week. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, and of course, coming up next, Harry Rothenberg uh, on the Parsha of Bishalach. Uh, Rabbi Stephen Perzanski is going to check in from Israel later this hour, and we're keeping an eye. I still don't think there's been a decision by the International Court of Justice, but once that decision comes through and we see it, we'll certainly share it with you here at JM in the AM. Uh, Harry Rothenberg's words about this week's Parsha are dedicated for Rafur Shlema for our dear friend Ruchama. Chana Etol Baschava, Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava, Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava, Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Bashalach, JM in the AM. 
On my return flight from Israel a few weeks ago, I had the wonderful fortune of sitting next to a dog and its owner. I don't want to make any enemies. I have nothing against dogs. I am not a dog hater. I'm not a dog lover. I'm dog neutral. I just don't want to sit next to a dog on an 11 hour flight. I do not want to be awakened multiple times by the sound of a dog barking while I'm trying to get some sleep. And so as the flight is continuing, I'm getting angrier and angrier at the dog, at its owner, at the airline for letting the dog fly. Until finally, mercifully, the flight comes to an end and I head home. On my way home, I realized just how ridiculous I had been acting, getting upset at the dog. I know that everything that happens in the world happens for a reason. And I know that it all comes from God. It was as if I was really getting upset at God. I had not fully internalized the lesson, the belief that everything that happens happens from God. And I let it upset me when it shouldn't have. Take a look towards the beginning of this week's Parsha. The Jews are between a rock and a hard place. The sea is in front of them and they do not know how to swim. Pharaoh and his army, the chariots are behind them and they're closing in. And the Jews understandably are terrified. And so they cry out in prayer to God, demonstrating faith. As the commentators explain, they copied their ancestors, the patriarchs, each of whom had prayed to God. Look at the next passage. They challenge Moshe. They say, Moses, what, there weren't any graves in Egypt? You had to take us out here to the wilderness to die? Showing a lack of faith. What's going on? Some commentators say it's two different groups. The ones who believed, prayed. The ones who didn't, questioned. But others say, no, it's the same group of people. How do you explain it? They hadn't internalized the lesson. They were praying through rote. They were just going through the motions. They knew, well, our ancestors, when they were in difficult times, they prayed, so I guess we'll pray. Okay, prayer, prayer, prayer. But they didn't really believe. And we have to be so careful of that. We have to make sure that our interactions with God, our performance of rituals, our prayers are not rote, that we're not just going through the motions. We should not be actors pretending to pray sincerely. We should not pretend to believe. We should pray sincerely and believe and understand that whatever experience we're going through, whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever happens to us, it all came from God and he knows what he's doing. Shabbos is a tuk fineruin far gedigen. Shabbos an alie kemen noich kriegen. Me es tu me trink tu me zing tanigen. Lich vo vo edoi. 
Wir danken dir in Leben, dir heilige Beur. Wus du hast gegeben, die heilige Teuer. Wenn aus eine Lunge teuer aus teuer aus Wir danken dir in Leben, dir heilige Beur. Wus du hast gegeben, die heilige Teuer. Wenn aus eine Lunge teuer aus teuer Jedisch hab es keudisch kommt und geht aber und von jedisch zu reisen nimmt als nicht keine. Arrüber scheut zwei tausend Jahren und ich weit in Hof. Freig ich bei dir Gott in you, oh, ich wusste, wer sein der Sohn. In der Schule ist schon ganz dunkel, mir kann kein kommen sein. Steht mein Vater Jankel dort bei Moment ganz allein. Mischt in mich dem Sidi. Mein Hilf kommen, dein Hilf wird kommen von sein Lieben, heiligen Nummer. Der Schaf ist kritisch, geht da weg, die Woche soll kommen zu gesund. Und alle zu Resolve nehmen am Weg, wir sollen keinen Gott leben. Bald gehen wir auf in unser Land, das Land von allen Gitten. Und wenn wir alle wählen bei Namen, dem Schab ist heilig hitten. Der Schab ist kritisch, geht da weg, die Woche soll kommen zu Gesundung. Und alle zu resolven, wir sollen keinen Gott leben. Bald gehen wir von unser Land, das Land von allem Gitten. Wenn wir alle wenn bei Namen dem Schabe seilig hitten, der 
Schabes Predigt geht da weg. Die Woche soll kommen zu gesund und leben. Und alle Zurüst soll nehmen an weg. Wir sollen keine Gott leben. Oh, 
Thank <laughs> you. 
JM in the AM, Eitan Katz, Shalom Aleichem, on a JM in the AM Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It's Erev Shabbos Shira, Erev Shabbos Parshas Beshalach, candlelighting in New York, 445. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Shal Shalas before that with Micha Mocha, words from the Shira, eighth day with We Want Mashiach Now. Brand new song is simply entitled We Want. Shabbos Kodesh done by Yankee Lemmer here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Malcolm Honline is uh, traveling, will not be able to join us this morning for the weekly update. Rabbi Yudin, of course, coming up at 8.15 this morning with Parshas Bishalach. Rabbi Stephen Przansky is going to join us from Israel. We'll ask him about a variety of things regarding um, Israel at this time. Uh, so he'll join us coming up at about uh, 10, 15 minutes from now here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, we have a fundraiser going on for us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. One of our most important revenue streams is the listener support that we get on an annual basis. And our 40th anniversary campaign, which has been going on for a while, is finally going to end two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, the 40th anniversary campaign is going to end. And we ask everybody to please join us in um, supporting and uh, making a further commitment to what we do here every single day with JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Give as generously as possible. It's um, fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org. And uh, we appreciate every single donation, every single commitment to what we do here on a daily basis Whatever you can give is much appreciated. Again, it's uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Please, if you haven't given to the 40th anniversary campaign yet, please do so during this, the home stretch. More coming up at JM in the AM. Shalom Aleichem, Shalom, Malachi, Shalom, Malachi, Elio, 
J.M. in the A.M. with Isaac and Rubenstein and Shalom Aleichem here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. As I said earlier, Malcolm Holmline is traveling, will not be able to join us this week for the weekly update. Uh, Bezrat Hashem, he'll return next uh, Friday, Erev Shabbos here at J.M. in the A.M. It's Erev Shabbos Shira, Erev Shabbos Parshas B'Shalach, or by Yudin coming up at 8.15 with words about this week's Parsha. Candle lighting again, 445 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is going to join us coming up from Israel. We'll get his comments about some of the things that are going on now in Israel, etc. Rabbi Stephen Przanski is going to join us here at JM in the AM. Uh, don't forget our friends at the JewishWorldReview.com if you want to print out thousands of articles before Shabbos uh, to read over Shabbos and the weekend and get up to date about what's happening in Israel and the Jewish world, go to JewishWorldReview.com. Again, JewishWorldReview.com and check out what they have to offer. There is a uh, voluminous collection of amazing articles that you will find. Again, JewishWorldReview.com. Head there and enjoy. More coming up. It's Friday. It's JM in the AM. Sometimes when you sing the same note over and over again And you wonder when will this note change or will it ever end Then you realize something you may not have realized before That when the chords are changing you're just not the same note anymore
Sometimes you may feel like one little note who's insignificant. Then the chords behind you start to change. You'll start feeling different. So when you put yourself in Claudius' throw, you'll start to hear that song. And even though you're only one little note, your note becomes so strong.
with uh, Yonatan Razel, Eight Milchama. Yeah. Certainly have to say that. Uh, before that, the one-note Nigun, brand new from Joey Newcomb here at JM and AM. Uh, listener B says, a happy birthday to her dear late father, Oscar Friedfertig, Yoshua ben Reb Shlomo Zalman of blessed memory, whose birthday is Shabbos Shira. Uh, may the Shema have the highest aliyah be. We uh, certainly extend condolences, or I should say uh, on this uh, yard site, uh, we um, extend the wishes of, in fact, the Shema should have an aliyah from all of us here at JM and the AM. Listener Zena says, thoroughly enjoyed yesterday's throwback Thursday. <laughs> She's referring to the <laughs> to the Tubishvat special that we did from 18 years ago on throwback Thursday. And yes... Bittersweet memories, she says, as she remembers the incredible Mayor Weingarten, who always enhanced our Tubishvat special to an amazing degree, to say the least. And boy, do we miss him. Nonetheless, I thank our Benji Kramer. Amazing job yesterday. Thanks for another great Tubishvat special. And thanks to those of you who commented about it. Much appreciated. JM and AM on a Friday, Erev Shabbos, Shira, Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Bishalach, candlelighting time in New York, 445. Uh, make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 4.45, candlelighting time in New York. And, um, yeah, I, I guess we could say it's still early Shabbatot, so make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, Rabbi Stephen Przanski is with us live via telephone. He is Rabbi Emeritus of Congregation B'nai Yeshurun here in Teaneck, New Jersey, Israel Region Vice President of the Coalition for Jewish Values and Senior Research Associate at the Jerusalem Center for Applied Policy. We also love having him on the air. Rabbi Stephen Przanski, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nochem, thank you. Good air of Shabbat. Tadaraba, a very... Very difficult week in Israel, to say the least. You being there feels it more than we do on this side of the world. Can you put into words what it is for the Jewish people in Israel when this type of week occurs? Well, the most frightening uh, two words in Hebrew these days are hutar lepersum. That's how the newscasters begin the broadcast of The Fallen. Uh, just two hours ago, I heard uh, someone else was announced. Uh, Eli Ron Yeager, Hashem Kamadamo from Tel Aviv, fell in the southern part of the Gaza Strip. So you listen to the news, and those words obviously uh, catch your attention right away. Your heart skips a beat. And, uh, yeah, it's not a simple situation, but we know... The cause is just, and despite the casualties, 
the Ruach, the spirit in the country remains strong. And I would say, unlike you found in democracies in the last uh, 56 years, I think the spirit has intensified as the war goes on. Because of the sacrifices, nobody wants to see what we've seen several times in the past already, a sudden end to the conflict, a status quo, a stalemate. And then just the enemy rebuilds and does this again. People want, at least in terms of Gaza, some type of finality, that Jews should be able to live in the area surrounding Gaza without having the expectation that rockets can fall on their heads at any time, and certainly not that the enemy, brutal as they are, will decide one day again to launch this type of a vicious uh, genocidal attack. So I think it is a difficult week. Part of the problem of fighting in a congested urban area where the enemy lurks among civilians, and frankly, the so-called civilians happily lurk among the enemy with an inability to distinguish between them, it makes it very difficult. Let me show you one, share your listeners, one vignette that I think illustrates the point. I was in Europe this week and I was watching one evening independent TV from Britain. And they had a report about a Gazan man who was waving a white shirt and then you don't see it, but he was shot and killed, uh, presumably by Israeli soldiers. And the reporter is uh, angry, and one of the prime minister's questions in the parliament that they showed was a member of parliament asking the prime minister, telling about this case and saying, why isn't this considered a war crime? And the prime minister didn't really give an answer, pro or con, and just said that he issued a general support for human rights. But I, I think the media, obviously, but also many people lack the context in which these events take place. Two months ago, a Gazan walking on the street with a white flag or white shirt, presumably surrendering, was approached by Israeli soldiers who were then shot at by snipers, meaning the Arab with his white flag was used in order to lure Israeli soldiers out of their fortified position to come to his rescue, take him into custody. The, the, the enemy is so depraved, so debased, that they've taken this universal symbol of surrender and uses it just as another means of aggression. So for Israel, then this becomes a lose-lose situation. Yeah. Here you have a Gazan waving a white shirt. If you approach him, they're going to kill you. If you don't approach him and just let him walk, he's going to discover your position and then report it to the enemy, to Hamas. So how do you deal with such an enemy? That really becomes the question. And therefore, I would just urge everyone to take what they hear in the general media, the International Court of uh, Injustice or whatever, with less than a grain of salt, because it's all bias, it's all hypocrisy, and we know this in Israel, and therefore we remain strong. And the answer to your question has no good answer. That's that's also the uh, 
one, one of the uh, one of the difficulties that Israel goes through. It seems they're in so many situations, and war war brings this on. We've discussed this that, uh, that many questions are asked, and there are generally no good answers. Just one answer may be a drop better than the other. By Stephen Przanski's with us. Lots to unpack about what you just said. Uh, you're hinting toward or directly uh, recommending maybe a long war, uh, something that's been discussed many times um, uh, as analysts look at what uh, Israel is doing or what the future of Israel uh, would look like uh, if, in fact, they'd end now um, their movement against uh, Hamas versus whether they would continue for quite a while. Um, it, it's interesting that you say the spirit's never been greater. We worry about the collective stamina of the Israeli army. We know that there are additional practical problems that people are being taken out of work, and uh, you know, and and uh, and therefore that affects the economy and in and so many industries in a, in a direct way. Um, with all that being considered, are you still convinced that Israel has the wherewithal to, in fact, dig in? and continue what they're doing for months at a time. So it's not my place to advocate for a long war. I mean, I wish uh, Hamas would surrender today and release all the hostages. But that being said, the only way in which we're going to achieve some measure of security in that region is to utterly defeat Hamas region. I make it sound like, you know, it's the American Southwest and you're in New Jersey. It's 45 minutes from my home by car. That's what we're talking about. It's not very far. We are entitled to live lives in which our people are not attacked, that we do not have to expect rockets and missiles on our homes. That is not a normal way to live. So Israel now is doing a good job in rotating out groups of uh, reservists and getting them back into the uh, workforce and bringing in others. Because you're right, you can't sustain a reserve army in its entirety for six, nine, 12 months, but you can do it in shifts, and that's what they're doing. All in all, Israel's economy remains very strong. It's a very adaptive, obviously very creative society. And so we are able to sustain a war for a long time. Someone mentioned yesterday that we don't recall this, but in the Yom Kippur War, which was now 50 years ago, there were still uh, Israeli army units in Syria for a half a year afterwards. Yeah. Not to mention in Egypt. So, yeah, you have to do what's necessary. I, I think the more important point is that now these miluimnikim, these reservists, are coming together, issuing statements, publicizing proclamations that they themselves sign that we want to see the war to its conclusion. We don't want to stop, meaning do not stop on our behalf. Because if, unfortunately, what happens, God forbid, is a stalemate, then really all those lives are lost in vain because we are back to square one. And then the so-called international community starts showering billions of dollars again on Gaza, on Hamas, they rebuild all the infrastructure, and we're back in the same place five, six years from now. Rahman al-Islam. So this is a war. It has to be a long war. I think Hamas anticipates that the Israeli public will not have the stamina to see it through. 
And therefore, we have to maybe surprise ourselves and shock them. Yeah, if there are other incidents, tragedies like this week, there'll be a new anti-war movement uh, arising in Israel. Small at first, and then it will gain steam if we do not show concrete achievements. But, thank God, we have shown concrete achievements. Obviously, the level of... uh, Missile attacks is dramatically reduced. Entire swaths of Gaza are being cleared out of the enemy. Much of Gaza is now uninhabitable, which should engender a discussion as to what is the future, what should be the future of the residents of Gaza. And if you ask me, I'm sure you're about to, (laughs) it should definitely not be in Gaza. Because (laughs) there's no economy, there's no infrastructure, there are no residences. It's no place to live, and a world that can absorb in a year, within the last decade, five million Syrians, they certainly could absorb a million and a half uh, Gazans, especially all those supporters of Hamas around the world. And it's a bitter irony that Gazans remain now the only people who are not entitled to international protection the seeking of a sanctuary outside the conflict zone during wartime. That is also enshrined in international law and in the uh, UN Charter, and yet it is not made available to Gazans simply because the enemy realizes that the presence of civilians is one of their weapons that they can use against Israel. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Everybody, Stephen Przanski is speaking with us from Israel. Um, you have a, a background in um, in law. What what do you make of the whole international court of justice? I mean, what do you think of the procedure? What do you think of the uh, likelihood of their decision, which we're expecting at any moment? What what do you think of the? You, you look at this whole scenario. What do you think? Uh, Let me go to the thesaurus. It's a joke. It's a farce. It's the epitome of hypocrisy. But people have to recognize that the International Court of Justice is selected by the General Assembly of the United Nations, which primarily consists of thuggish regimes. Most of the General Assembly is composed of dictatorships, not democracies. And that's what they call a court of justice. And they're the ones who are choosing the justices on this court of justice. So I would be shocked if they ruled in favor of Israel. I would assume that the whole purpose of the farce is to condemn Israel. But we should cut to the chase. What they're really doing in saying that Israel is acting in a genocidal manner or should uh, they should now impose a ceasefire? What they're basically saying is that Israel is interfering with what Arabs construe as their natural right to murder Jews. And they're interf- we're interfering with that natural right by exercising our right of self-defense, meaning what the court of injustice will decide is that the Arab right to attack, murder, rape, devastate Jews supersedes the Jewish right of self-defense. Ad Kedekach, that is the extent of the farce that we are confronting. There's an ongoing debate in Israel 
whether Israel should have participated uh, or not. Uh, what do you think about that? Personally, I think they should have ignored it. They, they should, or they should have gone and said their piece and then taken the uh, indictment and ripped it up, a la Chaim Herzog in the United Nations, right. because it is a joke. Hmm. And it's a sad commentary on the world that this becomes the uh, representative of uh, justice in the world. You know, it's interesting. So I've, there are people in the community here that made comments to me that's impossible. There's no way they're going to rule against Israel. And I, and I sort of, you know, said what you said, that this is an extension of the United Nations. We know what the UN always does. Why wouldn't they do it? Do you, do you think people just, especially on this side of the world, just have you know, difficulty believing that, you know, those with supposed democratic values could possibly reach the conclusion that they're about to reach? Well, I would expect that there'll be a majority and a minority decision, that there will be a minority of justices who do not condemn Israel, but it's to be anticipated that most justices will. It's like the old justice system in the Soviet Union, all right, or even in Nazi Germany. We should remember they gave themselves the name International Court of Justice. Nobody chose them. Nobody Normal elected them. They are just the product of the corrupt nations that are part of the United Nations. I, I heard someone made an interesting suggestion before. Oh, it was Rabbi Goldstein of South Africa. The, the UN is beyond repair. What the world now needs is a, a, a new international organization just of democracies, just of freedom-loving people just of nations that are committed to a Judeo-Christian ethic, because these nations are being overwhelmed by the despots across the world. We are outnumbered by them, and therefore any forum in which you're going to have uh, any decision put to a vote between those who favor democracy and freedom and those who support uh, dictatorships and tyranny Unfortunately, the dictatorships and tyranny have the majority, but the ICJ is a an international forum which is dominated by representatives of dictatorships. I mean, even look at the the the, the prosecutors, so to speak, South Africa, yeah. the African National Congress. All right, so they're nominally a free country, they're a democracy, but they're so corrupt in their in their views, in their worldview, that it's the the height of insincerity that they should be the ones who are bringing forward this accusation against Israel. And really, the court is not entertaining at all even the fact of an attack on October 7th against Jews. Not just the, the horrific nature of the attack, but the attack itself. That should play no role. It's as if history began October 13th when Israel invaded. That's when it began. Yeah. That's how debased the whole process is. Um, before we move on, this is the latest. The U.N. highest court said Friday that Israel must take action to prevent acts of genocide by its forces in Gaza, must let more aid into the enclave, but the court did not call on Israel to immediately suspend its military campaign. The ruling in The Hague was an initial step in a case brought by South Africa that accuses Israel of committing genocide against Palestinians. The closely watched case has added to pressure on Prime Minister Netanyahu over Israel's war against Hamas. What do, what do you think of the um, of the action taken by certain families and friends of hostages to block 
uh, any humanitarian aid from getting into Gaza, obviously with the um, intent uh, that if the humanitarian aid uh, does cease, it's going to put pressure on Hamas to actually get to the table and arrange for a hostage deal. What did you think of that action? I support it because it's unprecedented in the history of the world that a nation that's attacked has to provide its enemy with assistance when we know that that assistance is going right to the terrorists who are uh, attacking us. It just makes no sense. It, it would be as if the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor and then America responds and then we learn that it, Japan is running out of oil and food and therefore America has to provide Japan with uh, these uh, provisions. It's insane. It's a, I mean, it's, because, it's, it's because, a of the absurd. Because the world and the media has convinced everybody that Gaza civilians uh, and, and supporting them is different than supporting the operations of Hamas. Yes, that's true. We all know that these Gazan civilians voted Hamas into power. Ah, so they threw out Fatah, but that's a different matter. They voted for Hamas, knowing that they are voting for a, a, a group of genocidal maniacs. That's where they voted. And we have to understand also the hypocrisy that's implicit, the, the duplicity in the game that they play. They extol martyrdom. Mm-hmm. They teach their young people, these children, how the, 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 the most noble ambition of a Muslim should be martyrdom in the killing of an infidel, and especially the Jew. They want their people to die. They're proud when they die. But then, to the Western audience, they say, look, we're being killed. They're being, we're being murdered by Israel. Genocide. So on the one hand, they are extolling the virtues of martyrdom to one audience, their audience. To another audience, they are parading themselves as the victims of some type of aggression. The way that they manipulate truth and morality, justice, language, is actually mind-boggling. The worst propagandists in history, I think, pale before what Hamas and its acolytes have been able to accomplish. But yeah, I think one mistake that Netanyahu made was the second day of the war saying that there'll be no aid to Gaza, not a drop of fuel, until all the hostages are released. And then under pressure he came. Well, don't make promises you can't keep and don't make threats you're not going to carry out because now we are in the process of supplying our enemy with their needs so as they're better able to continue the war. That's, of course, insane. Speaking of Netanyahu, uh, if this does go on for quite a while, and, and you and I have already discussed in this conversation that it has the potential to go in that direction, I mean, at some point there has to be some change in Israeli leadership. I would assume that this this uh, um, point of view that, you know, we'll finish the war and then we'll get into the investigations and then we'll get to new elections, I, I would guess that order uh, is going to have to switch if the war goes on for too long. What do you think of the landscape politically at the moment? very volatile. The fact is, new elections are not scheduled, I think, until 2025. So you have uh, a number of years until they have to take place. And, of course, Netanyahu's government, understandably, properly so, took a big hit with the invasion for which uh, it was completely unprepared. 
And yet, there's always a sense that Netanyahu is going to cave under pressure and halt the uh, the counterattack, halt the offensive, and produce another stalemate. But to this point, he has not done that. He's been adamant in saying that the goals of the war remain the same, and we are going to see it to its conclusion. Therefore, Paul came out yesterday, he's back on top. The Likud is back on top. It's the uh, direct polls that Channel 14 publicized last night. Likud is back on top, and the right-wing block as it exists now is 57 seats if the election took place today. Wow. The center-left 53, the balance Arabs. So we're back really to where we were before the most recent election. But who knows? His political future is tied to a number of things, especially, though, in this context— a satisfactory outcome to the war. And I say again, if the war ends in stalemate, then we have a problem with leadership because his leadership would have failed. His potential successors, a Gantz, a Lapid, are even worse in terms of their steadfastness. So then we really need to look elsewhere. Finally, Ari Brzezinski, you know the American Jewish community very well. Um, the, the issue of traveling to Israel is, um, is a, is a passionate issue. Um, many people, you know, understand and, and want to be in Israel at this time. For many, it's hard for us to not be there, frankly. And, and others are, uh, and, and, you know, and, and therefore they make the effort to go. Uh, others legitimately cite the prices and cite the, um, you know, the, the fact that, the, that Israel is at war right now, which limits certain things that families can or can't do. Um, and, uh, and they say that they'll postpone their trip, you know, for a future time. Um, I don't think I'm qualified as, as much as I'm taking a very strong position on this, because I think it has to be said by somebody. I, I don't think I'm qualified to be objective on this issue. You know the American Jewish community very well. You know how Israelis do or don't feel when people do come from other parts of the world. What do you think of this whole issue? I think Israelis appreciate the visits by American Jews, by Jews from across the world, because it is a show of support. But let's be frank, it's not a time to come on a family vacation. And certainly some sites that people would otherwise want to see are not going to be available. On the other hand, life is about more than a vacation. Sometimes it's just important to show solidarity, just to show up, to show up at a Beit Avel, a house of mourning, show up at a, a hospital. There are many organized tours, uh, army bases. Now there's uh, something uh, euphemistically called terror tourism. People go down to the devastated settlements around Gaza. I've been there twice myself. You should see it especially that so many in the world now deny that it happened, but now it's real time. We could see exactly what they did and hear from the people who survived what their experiences were. That is worth more than, you know, lounging at a hotel in Tel Aviv, uh, the Mediterranean, because it intensifies the connection that all Jews feel with each other. And especially that all Jews should feel with the land of Israel. You know, when I was down south, I said to myself that I'm shocked, and it's such a terrible thing to say, I'm shocked that the Holocaust denial industry was not more successful. Because if they're willing and if they're able, with the media's help in many cases, 
to deny what happened October the 7th when, as you said, the proof is right in front of us at the moment and the witnesses are literally testifying to us in front of us at the moment, then imagine when we look back at the episodes of many decades ago, uh, it, it is, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. You're, we're fighting. Yeah, I, I think you know, the, the Gemara actually articulates what the challenge is. Normal people are not used to being brazenly lied to. Right. All right. This is such a chazaka. No one's going to lie in the face of a person who knows the truth and is standing on the truth. Unfortunately, that chazaka has gone by the wayside with the type of enemy that we have today. That's the extent of the evil. Truth means nothing. Morality means nothing. Nothing. It's a completely different value system with which Jews and Westerners cannot identify. And while we're rolling our eyes when the denier is saying this, we have to remember that they're convincing 10 other people that they're right. 10 with social media, like my son said a few minutes ago to me, with social media, they're convincing not 10, they're convincing 10,000. Yeah. Uh, That's where the many people on college campuses today in America who just do not believe that the attacks took place on October 7th. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, we got to end on a positive note. It's Erev Shabbos Shira. You know how special a Shabbos this is. You know how we are able, even, uh, even, uh, centuries later, uh, to, uh, to laud the one above for the incredible miracles that he has performed for us way back when. And of course, all the way until today, what are your thoughts on this Erev Shabbos Shira? Hashem Yimloch Le'olam Vod. That's how the Shira ends, that God reigns forever. We see that in our history. I mean, just think, the Kriyat Yamsuf was over 33 centuries ago. Thir- 33 centuries ago. Yeah. And yet here we are today proclaiming the exact same words, the same message, facing similar threats, and knowing that in our day, just like then, we have the support of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have the commitment of our people, we have the, the, the strength of will and character and the Torah, and therefore we will fight the Milchamot Hashem, God's battles, until we see the day of Hashem Yimloch Le'olam Vod with the appearance of the only true leader who can uh, lead the Jewish people, and that's the Melech HaMashiach. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, looking forward to reuniting with you in the Holy Land. Thanks for joining us today. I look forward to it. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom to all the listeners. Rabbi Stephen Przansky from Israel. Always a delight to speak with him. On JM in the AM. Uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting time in New York is 445. Again, 445. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 445, candle lighting time in New York. Um, plenty of great weekend programming. 10 a.m. this morning. It's the Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. That's going to happen starting at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, tomorrow night, it's Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami. Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, that starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Sunday, it's Matis and JM Sunday, beginning at 7 o'clock in the morning. Make sure to be tuned in Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Matis and JM Sunday. Um, Malcolm Honline Bezrat Hashem will return next week. The weekly update, he was not able to join us this morning. He's traveling, but hopefully the weekly update will return next Friday right here at JM in the AM. This time each every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. 
Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Whoa, what a privilege to deliver this Dvar Torah from Yerushalayim, Ira Kodesh, to having spent another week in Eretz Yisrael, accompanied by several days of Gishmei Bracha, and uh, very, very special to Bishvat yesterday in Eretz Yisrael. Think about it. We can't see it, and it defies nature. But part of the celebration of yesterday to Bishvat is that the sap begins to rise in the trees. It defies nature that it rises as opposed to that which usually brings things down. Okay, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas B'Shalach. It is called Shabbos Shira, as the Shira's Hayom is the highlight of the Kriyas Torah, and the way it is written in the Torah, it's almost as if, as the Sefer Samderach says, the Torah itself is singing with the Jewish people. There is one lo say in Parshas B'Shalach, one negative command, and that is not to go beyond the Tchum, beyond the boundary, a certain distance outside the city on Shabbos. Clearly, we focus the Shabbos on Kriyas Yamsuf. There's a very interesting Medrash on the Pasuk when right before the splitting of the sea so the Torah says that the Vayoshev Hayom Le'esono when Am Yisrael passed through the sea. The sea then returned, as we find in chapter 14, Pasuk 27, Vayoshev Hayom Lifnos Boker Le'esono, namely that towards morning the water went back to its strength, and this way it drowned the Egyptians. The Midrash Rabbah, chapter 26, paragraph 21, paragraph 6, points out that the words, the letters, the Esono, to its strength, can be spelt as Letno'o, to its condition. And the Midrash teaches something very powerful. God made a condition when he created the waters and the waters are flowing naturally that the waters would split at the time when Klal Yisrael are at the Yam and they will need the splitting of the Yam to save them from the oncoming Egyptians. So 
what am I pointing out? That it was destined from the beginning of creation that the water would split. The only question is how? And I'd like to share with you an exciting interpretation of the Nitziv in his commentary, Hamek Dover, whereby he points out that there were two possible plans that could be executed for the sea to be split. Plan A and Plan B. What is Plan A? Plan A is that, interestingly, the Torah goes out of its way to tell us what the weather conditions were like on the night of Kriyas Yamsov. And the Torah says that there was Vayolech Hashem Ruach Kodim Azor Kol Halayla. There was, and this is in Pasuk 21, in chapter 14, that Hashem caused a strong east wind to blow that night. And this would be plan A, that as the wind would continue to blow, the water would continue to split. Namely, it would be done in a, quote, natural way. What does that mean? At first glance, we can explain it to mean that Hashem always is maktin. He plays down his miracles. And therefore, if somebody wanted to deny God forbid that this was the work of God. The wind, which had a strong wind all night, as the wind blew stronger, the people continued to follow the path that was created by the wind during the night. That is plan A. And plan B was that if the Jewish people, a representative such as Nachshon ben Aminadav, or according to the Medrash, either the tribe of Binyamin or the tribe of Yehuda were to jump into the sea, then the sea would split miraculously. Now, the Nitziv learns this into Pasuk 16, chapter 14. It's worth taking out a Chumash and seeing this inside. The Atah, Hashem says to Moshe, Pasuk 16, Horemes Madcha, literally pick up your staff and Unetei Es Yodcha, and literally stretch out your arm over the sea and split it. Now, which one is it? 
Is it Horemis Matcha? Is it using the staff? And the staff, the Mate, is called Mate Ho'osos, the staff with which Moshe did the many, many miracles. So the staff represents Lamalo Menateva, beyond the natural, the supernatural. That's one way that the sea might split, which we called Plan B, or the hand of Moshe symbolizes the um, concept of the natural order, not with the staff that does the miracles. So Moshe is basically prepared for either one. And now we see what happens, Baruch Hashem, at the time of Kriyas Yamsuf. The Torah teaches in Pasuk 21 that Moshe literally stretches out his hand. That's when, as a result, the waters are going to split in a natural way, okay? And then, by Yisrael, however, the Jewish people take the initiative and they jump in, and therefore, the sea doesn't simply split once, allowing them to walk through, in quote, a single lane, but rather, the sea splits in 12 lanes. It's a miraculous splitting of the sea, which is clear to everyone. This is my God. Everyone saw that this phenomena was happening as a result of God's doing. Besides the 12 lanes that each and every tribe walked separately, you were able to see through the walls of the water. If somebody was hungry, Hashem provided uh, fruit trees in the Yam at that time. All this was done as a result of plan B, namely that Bnei Yisrael jumped into the water. There could have been what we call Isorusa Dila'ela, which means that God would have taken the initiative, but the answer is no. There had to be Isorusa Dila'ela, there had to be the initiative of man. And once man jumped in, this elevated the nature of the miracle that it became an incredible, miraculous event. So much so that the waters split throughout the world. Even a mommy, wherever she was, giving her young baby a bath in the bathtub, even that water split. So the whole world was aware that there was an incredible event happening in the world. Interestingly, this is brought about by man. And in the Shira, on that verse, this is my God, 
ve'anvehu. So the Targum, which is cited by Rashi, says ve'anvehu, I will make for him a mikdash. I will build for him a mikdash. Meaning that oftentimes when we are inspired by either literally miracles or special events in our life, the events come and the events go. Unless a person concretizes the moment and uses it for some personal or national growth, unfortunately, the inspiration of the moment dissipates. So, Onkelis learns that as a people, we not only were privileged to see God, Ze is the pointing with a finger, not only did they point, and even the maidservant, but the problem is the maidservant remained a maidservant. It didn't change her life. But for Klai Yisrael, they said, whoa, this incredible moment has to be concretized, and we're going to do it by building a base Hamikdash, which they do. They built a Mishkan, and they come into Eretz Yisrael. They build a base Hamikdash, keeping the spiritual high and the inspiration going. The rabbis learn, and this is Rav Shimshim Lefal Hirsch, the Anvehu, that I will make myself worthy of God's Shekhinah. Wow. And we see that when man takes the initiative, HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds as well. We are living, as we know, in a time of crisis, a time of war that Eretz Yisrael is Lo'olenu in at this moment. We need to look upon our tefillah as they looked upon the Yam. They jumped into the Yam because Hashem had told to Moshe, Tabero b'nei Yisrael b'yisau, and they didn't ask any questions. Is it going to work? Is it not going to work? God said what? To go forward, and they did just that. The problem is that too many treat prayer as, I guess, I might as well pray. But if we believe, that just as the Rambam writes, God communicates with man through the institution of Nevoah, the flip side is that man has the ability to communicate with God, that when we daven, there really is, quote-unquote, somebody listening to our tefillos. If we undertake our davening, if we undertake our recitation of Tehillim, as they did in jumping into the arm, meaning I know that Hashem is listening, I know that He's looking at me and my actions. I know that I have an opportunity to do something on behalf of Klal Yisrael. I know that if I do a chesed that heretofore I was not doing, I know that if I literally pay that elderly person the visit, what does my 
paying the visit and giving some kopara brios, giving some dignity to an elderly person, what does that have to do with the matzav in Eretz Yisrael? And the answer is everything. Because just as the recognition of Zekeli Vianveyu, of the spirituality that was created at the moment by man's initiative, this is what brought it about. So too, we have the opportunity for personal growth, for national growth, and to do our best to bring the soldiers home safely by our emuna shlema, that our tefillah, that our tehillim, that our learning, that our chesed makes a difference because it's over rusa, which means God's intervention is brought about by the actions of man. Shabbat Shalom to all.
J.M. and the A.M., the rabbi's sons, with that classic, <coughs> excuse me, Az Yashir. I know, I got to get some rest over the weekend to get rid of this cough, that's for sure. Uh, the rabbi's sons, Az Yashir, Erev Shabbos Shira, Erev Shabbos Parshas Bishalach here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candlelighting in New York, 445. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Enjoy all of our great weekend programming, including Mark Zamek and the Erev Shabbos show coming at you. That'll be starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, and a big thank you, of course, to our friends at Kedem. This is a brand new one from David Yifra. It's called Kulanu Echad. This is JM in the AM. Bye. 
צרון, תחושות כבדות. רצון להשלים, רצון להבין את האור לראות. מי אני ומה אני, היכן אתה? זה סוגר עליי, ומה איתך? שנתת בי בשעות קשות, תזכרני מאפלה לאורה, תוציאני. in the AM with Yaakov Shweki, brand new Ten B Koach, Ten Lee Koach. David Yifra before that brand new with Kulanu Yachad. Kulanu Ke'echad. <laughs> I'll get it right. JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Mark Zamek in the Erev Shabbos show coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Kedem presents the Erev Shabbos music mix all day long. Kedem presents our final hour. At about 3.45 today. Candle lighting at 4.45 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. My thanks to Ari Brzezanski for joining us earlier. If you missed the conversation, the archive will be up very soon. Go to NahumSiegel.com or the NSN app and check out our archive section for all the great programming, including yesterday's Tubishvat special. With a big thank you to Rabbi Benji Kramer for enhancing our Tubishvat special yesterday with a lot of uh, important information and lessons regarding the 15th of Shvat. Yes, I did bring the leftover Buxer to the studio this morning, so we did have an opportunity between uh, yesterday afternoon and this morning to enjoy the um, the Buxer. Yeah, I, I've been a proponent for Buxer for, you know, a long, long time, and I'm keeping it up. Believe you me, I'm keeping it up. 
Anyway, JM and the AM with a reminder that our 40th anniversary celebration campaign is going on as we speak. And believe it or not, it's going to end in a couple of weeks. Those of you out there who have not yet contributed to our 40th anniversary campaign, please keep all of us here at JM and the AM going for yet another year and salute the 40 years that we've been doing this by going to fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. And I thank you very, very much. FJBUnity.org, be as generous as you can and commemorate our 40th anniversary on the air um, at that website, FJBUnity.org. Shirat Hayam, perfect selection from Yehuda Green at JM in the AM. from Yehuda Green entitled Shiratayam on this Erev Shabbos Shira, Erev Shabbos Parshas Bishalach. Candle lighting in New York, 445. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, web and the Nachumsegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday and another amazing week here at JMNAM, and I thank you so much for tuning in. Please keep in mind Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon. Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon, that is the 
son of Rabbi and Mrs. Daron Peretz, who is still missing, still among those who are believed to be kidnapped. And of course, please remember all of our hostages at this time, Daniel Shimon Ben Sharon and all of them who are being held by the enemy. Um, Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show happens at 10 a.m. Eastern time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, our Arab Shabbos music mix and final hour, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday night, single with Avrami, and of course, Matis JM Sunday on Sunday morning. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend, everybody. Until next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.